Welcome to the Chaos and Order Podcast. I'm Matthew, and I want to help you exist in the chaos of our world. I believe in freedom and responsibility. I realize we are often responsible for most of the chaos in our lives. So let's cut some chaos and add order where we can. However, change and growth will take work and add chaos. And that's why I'm here to help. Yes, I am on a personal development journey rooted in philosophy, and I want to share some knowledge with you. Quick disclaimer, I am not your therapist. I have one. We should all have one, and I can recommend one to you if you'd like. But this is not a replacement for professional help. So stick around and discover I am just as likely to be goofy as I am professional and almost always entertaining. Welcome to episode three. Please allow me to take a second and thank you for the ratings and reviews you have left me online. Please continue to do so. It really is crucial for new shows to have those written reviews. And thanks to everybody subscribing and following me on Instagram. I went ahead and created a Facebook page as well. You guessed it, Chaos and Order Coach on Facebook, just to make it a little easier for you to share my stuff. I really do appreciate every like and share. Today, we're going to build on what we started talking about last time with Aristotle in his book, Nicomachean Ethics, and we're going to back up and talk about Plato and his book, The Republic. It is so strange or chaotic to me to talk about Aristotle before Plato because Aristotle studied under Plato for 19 years. Aristotle studied at Plato's school, the Academy, which is really the Western world's first university. And indeed, the book we'll talk about today, Plato's Republic, is praised by many as a foundational text for Western education. But I had to talk about these out of order because I wanted to show you the prize. I wanted to show you the goal of all this work that we are about to do. And that was obviously eudaimonia or blessedness. So today I want to give you another way to think about this or another way to achieve it. And that's with Plato's tripartite soul. The Republic gives us a fantastic view of the tripartite soul. However, it is also talked about in a lot of his other books. So before we dive into it, I want to say this. Plato's Republic is really one of the five or ten books I think every single human being needs to read before they die. I think this book will change your life for the better. So the tripartite soul. This starts with a basic view that we have a body and a soul. We could also just call it a spirit. But again, not necessarily in the religious sense. Yes, this soul that we're going to talk about would be the thing that goes on to the afterlife, but it is your real person. It is your true person or being in this life as well. It's who you are. And that's the point of this conversation today, for you to figure out what type of person you want to become. So the phrase tripartite obviously screams three parts. So we have one body and one soul, but the soul is divided into three parts. The appetitive part, which corresponds to the belly, the spirited part, corresponding to your chest or heart, and then the rational part, corresponding to the head or the brain or the mind. One of these parts of your soul will be ruling your life, and you will be defined by how you function, as we saw last time. So let's see in a little bit more detail what it looks like when each of these parts of the soul is in charge. The appetitive part is probably easiest to connect with because we all have appetites. Appetites of food, drink, and sex. The base pleasures. I could switch that up a bit and say sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We know our appetites. We know the things that we are 
in a sense, addicted to. And I think addiction is the perfect way to see or describe somebody who is ruled by the appetitive part of their soul. Drugs or alcohol is the easy one. And no judgment, my friends, because trust me, I used to drink way too much. It certainly controlled my life. But you could also be addicted to food. Believe me when I say you can trust me with $10,000 of your hard-earned money, but you should never trust me with 10 of your zebra cakes. You could also be addicted to TV. The phrase binge-watching has become the new way to consume television or movies. Stop and think about how a phrase that used to be synonymous with being out of control, ruled by the appetites, or addiction has now become the way that we enjoy our time off. What about money? You can totally be addicted to money. How about social media? Have you found yourself being addicted to social media where it's the first thing that you check when you wake up in the morning, not even out of bed yet? Especially if you've found that significant other, that person that you're building a life with or just having some fun with right now. You're waking up next to this cutie and the first thing that you do is grab your phone and check to see who liked your post. You check to see who Twittered what last night. Are you kidding me? There's a human being next to you and you reach for a device. Believe me when I say, as a 40-year-old bachelor, once you've tasted loneliness, it's hard to forget. But I've learned to value every single friendship and relationship in my life more because I've spent a lot of days in my life where I never even had the opportunity to converse with another human being. More often than not, when I was writing my master's thesis, the only human interaction I would have throughout the day was the person working the drive through window. We don't really need to search very far to find our addictions. We know them. But let me point out, alcohol, food, weed, money, and let me go ahead and say exercise. None of these things are good or bad or good or evil in themselves, but it is our addiction to them. It is our appetites for them that make them unhealthy. So this is what it looks like when somebody's appetitive part of their soul is in control of their life, and I hope you see the chaos that it brings to their daily life and those closest to them. Now the second part of our soul, the spirited part. We could easily call this the courageous part or the passionate part of our soul because these are the things that we have passion or ambition for. And again, it is usually going to be things that are probably good. I hope every one of you has a cause that you believe in that you support financially or with your time. I, of course, love animals. I still support the Humane Society where I got one of my cats. And I love the charity Arm the Animals. I have tons of their t-shirts and stickers on all my metal cups that I take to class. However, what would it look like if someone's spirited part of their soul was running their life? They would have too much ambition, too much passion for something, that might consume their time or finances, resulting in them neglecting something else in their life. You could be obsessed with climbing the corporate ladder and in the process might sacrifice your family. You could be obsessed with a hobby, a relationship, revenge, education, becoming the best at anything or saving all of something, but to the point where you have neglected your responsibilities to your home, to your family, to your job, or maybe even your community. 
But then there's the rational part of your soul. The third part. Obviously, the part that you want in charge of your life. The part that you want ruling the other two parts. You want the rational part of your soul controlling the appetitive part of your soul with the help of the spirited part of your soul. This, for Plato, is what a just life looks like, or what a soul with justice in it demonstrates. You have all three parts of your soul. Right here, right now, 2,400 years later, we still have things that we have appetites about, we still have things that we are passionate about, and we still have wisdom. But we need each part doing what it is best suited to do, as Plato shows us in the Republic. You cannot deny your appetites. This is why most diets fail for most people most of the time. Because we try to deny the things that we crave. The better way is to replace those unhealthy appetites with healthier ones. And to use the spirited part of your soul to gain some ambition about the new appetites that you have. And so it is not 33% appetites, 33% spirit, 33% rationality or rational part of your soul. No, no, no. Every day it might be a different combination of which part is ruling your life. You need to work hard. You need to have a wise plan for your job, your life. You need to have the right amount of spirit or oomph to get you there. But you also need appetites. You need downtime. You need weekends off. You need vacations. So a just soul, one where the rational part rules the appetitive part with the help of the spirited part, knows when and where to indulge the appetites. When and where to find more spirit or passion to get you to see through the goals that the rational part has written for your life. Aristotle built on this after Plato. Aristotle is quite famous for having said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. And that might be the perfect summary of last week's show, because we see that phrase excellence, or virtue, but I want you to start looking at the things that you repeatedly do. In terms of Plato or Aristotle's works, if you repeatedly sit on the couch every weekend, eating gummy bears and zebra cakes, scrolling through social media, well then I hope you can now see that your appetitive part of your soul might be in charge. If you have an afternoon every weekend where you just kind of completely unplug and zone out, that's pretty good for the soul. But if you're repeatedly doing it, then it's probably starting to define you. So which part of your soul do you want running your life and defining you? Do you need to develop a better plan or goal for your life where you can get the rational part in charge and gain some control in your life over your appetites? Where can you bring order into the chaos of your weekly habits. Again, the point in all of this is what type of person do you want to be or become? And folks, I really do not mind what type of life you want or what type of person you want to become. I just want you to be aware of it. I want you to consciously choose it. And I want you to make sure that it is the life that you want. Another theme that I'm sure is going to come out in this show is we are always intentionally doing what we want to do. If I spend my weekends, weeks, months, or years of my life checked out, going through the motions, not developing myself, creating a better life for me and my loved ones, then I am intentionally choosing that. Everybody knows about the internet. 
Everybody knows, even if just from TV shows, that there are different options for how you live your life. Nobody has any excuses for saying they didn't know better. The internet can be used for cat videos, porn, or research and learning. Every time you pick up your phone, you intentionally choose to do what you want with it. Conversely, if you become a fantastic human being, parent, mentor, partner, employee, citizen of your community, you also intentionally did that. So whatever type of person you want to be, be it. So that's Plato's tripartite soul. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out in other books by Plato, he says there's a fourth part of our soul. The first three line up. There's still the head or rational part, the chest or spirited part, and the belly, the appetitive part. But the further you move away from the mind, the less rational the parts of our soul become. And thus sometimes the fourth part of the soul is just below the belly, our giblets. And I think we all know there was some point in our life, maybe puberty, where there was absolutely no rationality or control in that part of our soul. Was that part of your life a little chaotic? As we begin to wrap this episode up, I have a very objective way that I think you can see exactly what you value in life. For the next week, maybe month, I want you to create a daily log on everything that you spend your time and money on. These might be the two most valuable things that we ever have. So as you go about your day, write down everything that you do. If you spend two hours at work and then take a break and fart around on Facebook for 10 minutes, write that down. If you check Facebook because you got a notification during that two hours at work in the morning, you need to write that down too. If you spend $3 here and there and think it doesn't add up, you're wrong. This might be the best and really easiest way for you to see what you value and will probably also shine some light on the type of person that you are because it will show you everything that you spend your time and money on. I will never forget the Sunday morning where my iPhone told me how much screen time I had that week because of some update I did on it or whatever. I was appalled at my average daily usage or whatever the hell it is. If you want to be the type of person who values your social media life, no problem, just own it. But if you don't want to be a person who values social media life or online life over human interaction, this might show you that there is a contradiction between your values and actions, or maybe supposed values and actions. Another example here might be if I say I value my health, but then spend more time eating sweet and sour Twizzlers than I do working out, that contradiction will bring some chaos into my life. And I will find myself spending more time and money on insulin in my future than I do hanging out with my kitties. So try it. I dare you. Start writing down everything that you spend every dollar and every minute on throughout your day to really highlight what you value. So let me tell you about some books and podcasts that have really helped me. Folks, personal development might start with this kind of 20-minute show, and I'm honored to be a part of your journey. But I really hope to inspire you to take it to the next level and really work on the rational part of your soul in other areas too. Some fantastic books, obviously Plato's Republic. I've read the Groob and Reeve edition for years. There's probably a newer translation out though that I ought to give a try. More recent books 
are Atomic Habits by James Clear and The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. These are fantastic resources on seeing how we are what we repeatedly do, as Aristotle said, and not only giving us healthier appetites, but also the spirit, the umph, the ambition to stick with these rational plans that we're all talking about, to become better human beings and achieve the dreams that we seek. A longer podcast that I love is All It Takes is a Goal by John Acuff. For the record, I do not know any of these people. I am not endorsing everything they've done, and I've never even met them, although I really hope to someday. So I really only mention them to pass on more resources to you that have really helped me at various parts of my journey. So until next time, my friends, make wise choices. Spend some time today reflecting on how you can take some of the power away from the appetitive part of your soul and spend a little more time strengthening the rational part of your soul. And I think you'll see this will bring some order to the chaos of your life where you want and maybe even a little chaos to your world where you need. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a minute to write out a review on whatever platform you are listening. This is very important to me and critical for new podcasts. On Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, I am Chaos and Order Coach. So please share this with all of your loved ones. Help me grow this community. For real, think of it as our podcast. Tell me what topics you want to discuss, and I can probably record an episode on it for you. So until next time, make wise choices.